Hello everyone, my name is Kaylinda. I'm Gabby. And I'm Grace. And welcome to the Teenagers Podcast. Before we start, we just want to put out a quick disclaimer about our audio. Um, At some points, our audio will actually overlap each other and cut out our voices. So you may hear our voices go in and out and you may miss a couple words. Um, It should get a bit better later in the video, but we apologize for that. We are just starting out, so we're really learning along the way. But we still hope you enjoy our episode regardless, and we thank you so much for tuning in. We've now entered the second segment of this episode, our Black Lives Matter discussion. So much has happened in the past year, and even that's an understatement. Although we were quarantined because of COVID, we still got to meet new people and their stories without having to physically go outside. I've heard of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Elijah McClain, Philando Castile, Ahmaud Arbery, and the list goes on with many victims unnamed as their cases are swept under the rug. With our lovely guest, Liana, we will lift the rug and keep the conversation going. Please introduce yourself, Liana. Hi, my name is Liana, high school student in Ontario. Boom. Okay. And um, David decided to, um, you know, bless us with his presence in this uh, second segment as well. So if you want to introduce yourself. Hello, my name is David. Um, I'm a student too in Ontario. You know, I'm just out here. You'll get, you'll guys, you guys go through my outlook on the Black Lives Matter situation. And yeah, that's that. Great, great. Um, so I will be providing the questions for this part. Um, let's just get started. So May 25th. 2020, a specific eight minutes and 46 seconds pass in the day, and George Floyd is taken from us. What is your initial reaction? I saw, I hear the news, I'm like, okay, yeah. uh, you know, uh, another, another black man, you know, that's died. And we saw the, we all saw the video too, it's like, oh, okay, he died in that way, okay, that's a, that's going to be a sticky situation, you know, this, this isn't right, you know, obviously it's, it's, and when you hear like, you see the cop in there, it's like, okay, you, you know, you know what's going to happen, you know, Black Lives Matter is going to come through, and we're going to see, we're going to see some stuff happen, you know, we're going to see some, stuff. maybe some positive stuff, maybe some negative stuff, but yeah, we, all, all of our initial reactions were like, okay, this is bad, this is bad news, like, no, this, this isn't right, you know, mm-hmm. and like, yeah. Great. Um, or, or Liana, okay, yeah, <laughs> you can go. Look, Liana. <laughs> um, no, I just wanted to say that, um, I guess when the the video first appeared, I think I was like on Twitter or something, and I saw it, and the initial reaction was like, unfortunately, it wasn't surprise, it wasn't shock, because there are so many videos that come out before, and as much as this one was was definitely like it hit everyone collectively a lot harder, I guess. For me, it was like, okay, well, another one tacked onto the list, and just another name. Which is really unfortunate, um, but to see how this one just sparked so much outrage—not just because before with all the other videos, I feel as though it just sparked outrage amongst the black community, and for everyone else, it was just we all moved on. But this one sparked outrage across the whole the, the continent, basically. So that was the part that was more shocking for me. Because for everyone else, I'd say even Brianna Taylor. We just have the story. 
Like we don't, we don't have the video. We don't know what she was doing. Like, yes, she was sleeping, but Mm -hmm. that's, we just have the story. But for George Floyd, like we have the video, like he, from start to finish, we saw George Floyd die. We saw George Floyd beg for life. And we kind of experienced that with them, if I could say. That's why, like, what Amelia said collectively, that's really true. And, yeah, personally, when I saw the video, I kind of, I was, well, yeah, it was another, you know, Black man. But I felt outraged in a sense that, why are you recording? What are you doing? Why can't you try to go help him? Who cares if it's a cop? Try to do something. Like, man's just standing there recording. Everyone's just standing there recording. And that's, I kind of felt outraged at that. And when I heard George Floyd just screaming, and then when I heard the backstory as to why he got mm-hmm. detained like that, um, it brought out a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. Like, that's someone's dad. That's someone's lover. Yeah. You know, that's a black man. That's a guy. That's a man. That's a human. How do you degrade someone like that? How do you kill someone like that? So before I saw the video, I heard people talking about, oh, the George Floyd situation, George Floyd situation, but I didn't know much about it until I saw the video. And a lot of people started reposting on their stories and stuff. And so when I watched it, my initial reaction was, yeah, just another one. But then I watched it again. And I just started thinking, as like Grace was saying, that's someone's dad, like that's someone's brother, that's someone's son. That could be literally any Black man. Exactly. And the fact that it's all on video and the police officer is just looking at the video like if it's nothing. And he just, he's literally killing him like it's nothing. And I, I definitely shed a few tears. And then um, my dad really, it really affected my dad. So we had a family meeting about it. Mm-hmm. And so we were pretty much just talking about it. And he was saying that for him, it was pretty scary because he's had a few encounters with the police, like, We've gotten pulled over for literally nothing. Mm-hmm. And especially when we cross the border, the yeah. uh, border security guards would be like, oh, um, so we're going to have to pull you over and you're going to have to wait in the, you know, that room that oh, you have to wait in when you cross the border. Yeah, for literally no reason, for hours and hours and hours. And then they would look at his files and be like, oh, we didn't find anything. So um, you guys can go now. Huh? So we had a family meeting about talking about police brutality and how we have to be careful as black people, especially the black men. My own reaction was so different to uh, um, everyone else. Um, I didn't watch the entire video. Uh, My mom showed it to me and then I was like, I don't want to see this because I was annoyed. But I literally just didn't think much of it. I just like it didn't really sink in for me um, until a week later. So I just kept going on and I was thinking, I was like, it was in the back of my head. And then I, I was trying to like understand why it happened. At one point I was thinking, oh, of course this happened to us because look at what we do to ourselves and blah, blah, blah. But then after a week later, really thinking about it, I got angry, I got frustrated and that's when I broke down. So if someone out there is still stuck in the mentality that it's our fault, I suggest really getting out of that and seeing that it's not our fault. And this is completely unfair. It's just so unfair. And how this wasn't supposed to happen to anyone, regardless of race. But of course, it's a Black man.
police brutality. It's not a new term. It's clear that officers don't know what they're doing. You can tell that their training is flawed. So we say defund the police, right? And I just want to take the time to bring clarity to that saying. What does defunding the police mean? Oh, mean? Yes, mean, because some people don't understand what it means. And then they take it the completely wrong way. So let's clarify defunding the police. I'm not going to say, okay, what exactly it means, but for me, I've heard multiple like sayings of it. Some people are saying literally defund the police as in like, take money away from it. Some people are saying, okay, defunding the police, yes, but putting it into like other activities and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, there's always different... There's people are saying defund the police, but there's always different, you know, always different ways that they mean by it. I I don't really understand that. Like, you know, it's like okay, like yeah, you can you can say defund the police, but like you know, you have to use the proper words. So I when you when you say defund the police, you might mean something completely to what I'm thinking. Um, for the topic of defunding the police, I think was just as confused as you like I didn't know what that would entail and so I hadn't really made up my mind about how I felt about it so like before this meeting I started googling stuff to try to understand some more because you know you see the infographics on Instagram people being like defund the police but what does it mean you're just saying words at that point but um I, I read into it and I really thought about it and I think that we have to reach a balance because I think that there's people on either end of the spectrum and we really have to meet on the middle because there's people on one side that are like anti-defund the police because they're like there's going to be more crime right and then there's people on the other side that are like no uh the police is, is an institution that's racist so we have to um disband it but I don't think that one can happen without the other. I don't think we have to completely disband the police, but they get way too much funding. And the system that they're built upon is flawed. So there has to be a middle ground. That's why when I hear defund the police, I don't think of it as, oh, the extreme, get rid of them. I just think Mm -hmm. of starting from scratch, trying to implement new rules and kind of fix the system, fix them, teach them, better ways i don't know because yes the police is flawed yes it's flawed and i don't think and yes there'd be a higher rate of crime if the police would disappear of course that's why i feel like we do have to meet in the middle and just show them our perspective of things and you know get them to understand so that they could do their job better i remember when i was crossing the border and i was with um a few members and one of them had a durag on and it was a whole officer in the States in that place. And for no reason at all, he looked at the guy at the van. He was like, why the hell do you have that on your head? And the man's like, oh, it's, it's a, it's a durag. He's like, get that off your head now. And I was so shocked. I was so shocked and angered at that. I was like, why? Why did I didn't say that, obviously. But I was like, you know, in my head, I was like, why the hell does he need to take his durag off? How does that affect you, you know? And obviously not all officers are like that, but we gotta, we can't allow them to put their judgment, you know, allow them to implement their judgments and opinion when they're doing their job. You know, just because you feel a certain type of way about a black guy doesn't mean he is that way, you know? You're here to protect us, not judge us. You know, Canada and America, it's really different. 
there are racist cops everywhere, but in America it's extreme. So I guess if we could like, you know, Canada, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Personally, I've never really experienced any racist encounter with a Canadian police officer. That's the thing with racism here and racism in the States. In the States, they're openly racist. They'll say it to your face if they have to. But here, it's more low-key. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to say the it's N-word the to your question. face. Micro, yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. I was looking at different universities for medical school and dental school and everything like that. And I've only seen three Black people for dental school out of all the teachers that I've seen from different universities, like University of Montreal, University of McGill. I've only seen like three Black people. Okay, why do you think that is? A lot of Black people don't apply to dental school or medical school here. Because there's not a lot of representation. When more people go into the field, then it'll make our people feel like we can strive in those kind of fields. Then there's this misconception of, you know, Black people are not found in those fields. Queens, they have like, I think the number one medical program in Canada. And after the whole George Floyd protest and stuff, they made a thing where I think they reserved 10 or 20 spots in every year for their um, for their medical school for indigenous and black students and i remember I when they announced this and i was in a group chat with other people my age and then none of them were black like they were they were all like of other races and then people saying like oh well they're bringing affirmative action into canada we shouldn't do this it's unfair blah blah and I'm like, if it weren't for these rules, there would there would be so few black people going into these fields. But it's so important for black and indigenous people to be in the medical because they're just not there. And then when you go into a hospital and you're not represented by the staff, how are you expected to be cared for properly? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's really not that bad of a thing. But I think that when we don't have that representation, it's just it's a cycle that keeps going because all the other races don't realize that what's going on is wrong like they don't realize that the lack of representation is hurting us because they don't realize it doesn't affect them so just heading back to defunding the police because we kind of went off track off track of it um but um the way i see it is at the end of the day can actually call the police and rely on your help and rely on you to actually help us do the right thing um for anyone that calls you, that for anyone that needs your help, if someone's in mental distress, like you're not just supposed to, you know, shoot them because they're acting different. You're supposed to help them. So it's all down to like their training. I read something about this morning about this cop who um, wrote his confessions about like training and how it was. And he said pretty much that being a cop was like a game to him. Um, and it was a game to a lot of other people. So when you have police officers with that kind of mindset and they're continuously making mistakes and continuously killing people who don't deserve it yeah. uh, instead of helping them why should we give our money to support that the police is very important but why are we giving money to those who are just continuously making those same mistakes over and over so the whole is that the police is here to protect and serve us and they're by our taxpayer dollars we are the ones paying the bill so if we don't find that their resources are being used properly we have the right to demand that the resources to be allocated to better things like i read today 
I have it written down here. Canadian cities spend 50 to 20% of their entire municipal budget on police. And most of that money comes from taxpayer dollars. 15 to 20% of all the money that our taxpayers are paying for. So we have the right to demand that it be reallocated to things that will like trickle down and reduce crime eventually. If you invest in education, proper educated children are less likely to grow up and become criminals. If you invest in infrastructure, people are less likely to commit crime. Public housing, all of these things reduce criminality over time. You can't just give a bunch of people guns, pay them the money that we're funding and then get upset when we demand change, you know? So March 13th, um, 2020, before George Floyd, Breonna Taylor sleeping soundly in her home led to a no-knock warrant by the police, leading to confusion, then eight bullets in her corpse. That sparked a huge protect black women movement. And I just want to ask, what does protect black women mean to you? Do you guys want me to start? I can start. Yeah. Okay. Protect black women means a lot. It's like normalizing certain things, misconceptions about black women. There are certain misconceptions that should not exist about us. So for example, um, normalize black women speaking our mind without it being called attitude. So um, that's what I feel when I I hear protect black women. Like we're allowed to speak our minds. We're allowed to um, open and honest about certain things without people saying, oh, you have so much attitude. Chill, B. Yeah, yeah, chill out. So um, stuff like that, normalizing certain things, normalize black women being feminine, allowing us to be ourselves because there's like, an idea of what a black woman is, allowing different kinds of black women, you know, transgender black women. There's just like, there's so many different kinds of black women and allowing us to be ourselves without having to put on an image, a mask. When there's really another part of us that society doesn't let us, it's not allowing us to break out of that shell. I think this would open up um, believing when they say that they have been through something. Um, trusting their word whenever they say that someone has hurt them or someone, you know, we're allowed, we feel emotions too. We have emotions, we have feelings. So um, if you've been a victim of assault, for example, you have to trust the Black women. You can't decide with the other person. And that's with um, women in general. Anyways, I want more people to talk. <laughs> yeah, I can, if I can add to that, um, with the whole not believing black women, I think it comes with the whole stereotype that black women are strong and black women can, you know, handle anything, you know, we're aggressive, you know, we're, you know, and, and so when, so it's literally kind of brainwashed people to an extent, like people out here believing that black women don't feel pain or like nothing can hurt us, you know what I mean? But in reality, yes, um, we do feel things we do have emotions and that's like when I could I immediately thought of Megan Lee Stallion and mm-hmm. the whole theory about people not believing her when she got shot why would she lie about that <laughs> you know, no one wakes up one morning and lies about someone shooting them in the foot you know exactly what do you mm-hmm. 
It's and I think and I I don't care what anyone says. It's because Megan Thee Stallion is black and because yeah, she is yeah. you know big. You know, it's if it was anyone else that wasn't because, black, it would have been a different reaction. But apparently, Kylie Jenner was with them as well. And if the if Kylie Jenner was the one that got shot in the foot, and she mm-hmm. said, "Oh yeah, Tori Lane shot me in the foot," the world would have reacted completely different oh. compared to. Make the stallion. There was a period where I was so tired of Six Buzz because they were posting the wrong content and the wrong artists. Like some people don't even deserve the fame. But there was this one girl. She's from Toronto. She's a rapper, but she she made a diss track for Megan. I was so mad because it's like, yo, what's your problem? Why are you coming for Megan the Stallion like this and claiming that? And also, you're a woman too. You should be encouraging you know, this girl who potentially could have died, you know, you should be helping her out. Like you're out here bashing her, claiming she's a liar mm-hmm. and Six Buzz is promoting it. And I was also reading the comments and guys are out here promoting it and, you know, calling Megan Lee Stallion a man and a horse. And it's like, come on, a black girl can't be, you know, like she can't be curvaceous. She can't sing about certain things. Like, why is she viewed as a man? It doesn't make sense to me. I'm confused. I don't know why people think this way. The whole thing of protecting black women, the thing that I think kind of summarizes it very well is this video on Twitter. It was circulating on Twitter during the whole protest um, part of the year. And I saw it even, like, um, Google made, like, a YouTube video to summarize 2020, and it was at the end of this video. I thought it was ridiculous. It was this little girl, like, seven or maybe six or seven years old at the protest and she's marching and her fist is up and people are recording her being like yes hyping her up but at the end of the day this is a six-year-old girl and people are praising her for being the face of a movement and I think it summarizes the whole idea of protecting black women we can't be expected to protect all the time we have to realize that like we can be victimized too like we're expected to be the protector of black men and obviously i'm going to protect black men always but i'm expecting the same energy in return and what i'm seeing is that doesn't always happen and i saw this this quote i was reading this article like weeks ago and then when gabby approached me to 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 take part of this i wrote it down and it was from this medium article from this woman named zuba and it said we can't be both saviors of humanity and at the bottom of the totem pole we can't do both you can't treat us all the time be crapping on us and treating us like crap on social media and society in the workplace and then expect us to protect everyone all of the time. There needs to be a balance and that's not what's happening. So when you say black, protect black women, basically keep that same energy. If you want to protect, you want us to stand up for you, you have to stand up for us when we need to be protected. When Megan Stallion gets shot, you have to believe her when she's on Instagram live telling the story when she's posting the picture of her bloody foot and people are still like no 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 we need to hear the other side of the story we need to listen to the album no we don't what? thank you no we don't and it's not even far away it's literally in our community in school we were in a like discussing about things and you know someone brought up Megan Thee Stallion and one of the guys were like talking you know just rambling about how no prove us oh the album show us that no 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 show us, you know, papers, documents, Megan Thee Stallion didn't get shot. And I was amongst them, and I was just thinking, I was like, is this really how, like, we really got to this point where you can't believe someone 
it unsettled me. I didn't, frustrated me actually. And on Twitter too, like I was also reading these black men bashing Megan Thee Stallion and, and also Canadians too, because Tori Lynn, um, that artist is also Canadian. So, you know, Canadians were also involved in the situation and had a lot of, to say. And I just, you just really saw that side of black men where it's like, oh my, they really don't like us you know oh, they really don't appreciate us they really don't care it's just it's we're a joke to them and that's that's what i got from that mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. did yeah, you guys ahead. see that video that went viral on twitter where these black guys literally took a black girl and threw her in the dumpster what yes yes and yeah. they were laughing and they were like laughing, laughing. And posting about it I was a group of black men, like, like, like I don't, maybe like 10 or so black men, like making fun of this woman, tossing her in a dumpster like she was nothing. And then people, instead of coming to the defense of this black girl, asking questions, yep. they were reposting it like it was a meme. Yeah. When it was so obvious that this woman was being like attacked. Yeah. And so that kind of summarizes it as well. So if we bring it back, talking a lot about what's going on on the outside, let's bring it back to our personal lives, okay? Let's talk about school. And this is more for, for David. We were talking a lot about, you know, black men need to protect black women. Okay. And the truth is, the black guys at our school, we're not going to say names, but they said ignorant things to hurt black girls intentionally and i get it it's the age where black guys like other girls and that's 100% okay like you can literally have a prep that that's okay like you can prefer other girls but the part that's not okay is using us to put up other girls degrading us to say that girls are prettier or whatever so that's how we feel we don't care if you don't like like black girls that's your own issue that's not issue sorry that's your own (laughs) 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 um but just you can't be using us to put up other girls that's not right i would just like to hear your side of that my side of that yeah. <laughs> when okay, obviously, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, we have, we also have to understand that. Yeah, as much as you hear that, all these stories and stuff like that, not all, not every, not every like black male is like this. You know, some mm-hmm. of us do care. I suggest focus on the people who care more, who care more, and like that are more positive about it instead of the negative stuff. Not saying, okay, you can totally block out the negative stuff. Yeah, it's always going to be there and stuff like that. But, you know, trying to make an effort, you know, focus on yourself and stuff like that. You know, obviously, yeah, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to, like, you know, explain this and, like, you know, talk about this, you know. But at the same time, you know, it's like we're in such a small school, you know. It's like, okay, like these people that you see and stuff like that, more times you're not probably not going to see them in, what, two, three, four years, right? There's going to be other people. There's going to be other people. And that's the good stuff about it you're going to meet other people that have you know that are okay sorry not other people other black men you know that have better views on this whole thing of protecting women and 
yeah obviously you know it's tough to hear you know the the the, the stuff they say but you know it, 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 it not not saying it like softly but you know it comes and it's gonna pass obviously you're gonna meet better people you know and yeah i i think i'm i said enough yes it's okay <laughs> you're good um i just make sure that we cannot deny the fact that it still had an impact on us it, it's it's different for a black woman it's very different i just think that like we have a really unique perspective on this being like black people that go to a predominantly white school as opposed to people in different circumstances but the one the thing is like the the thing i just it's weird because I get it. Like what David said, like my whole mentality is just like, wait till you get to university, just escape. Yeah. Because here it's never going to be, never going to find where we live. Yeah. Because it's just not going to happen. But I hope that like people that go to our school, like five years from now, don't have the same experience. Like high school, you know, you go into high school thinking, oh my God, I'm going to like find a man, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to have a boyfriend. Knowing that just won't happen. Knowing that it's just because, like oh that probably just won't happen for you just because just because especially at our school the black girls tend to be in a separate category in terms of the girls in general like when i would hear i'm not going to say any names but a specific (laughs) guy (laughs) would talk about the different girls in our grade he would say oh these are the prettiest black girls in our grade but for the other races they would be in you know, the general girl category. Okay, the prettiest girls are these girls. But the prettiest black girls are these girls. And that, I would hear that so often to the point where I, like, I'm so over at this point. Yeah, you get to that point where you don't even care. Yeah. Yeah, why are we in another category? Are you asking David that? Oh, oh, you asking me? oh no, 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 Okay, so um, next part, we're going to move from there and we're going to head to social media. Social media has played a huge part in promoting the movement. I just want to get your opinion on the black square. What's the black square? I didn't. <laughs> when everyone was posting, the, just black. Oh, the black square. Yes, the oh. black square. I personally just thought of the trend. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it spread awareness to anything, especially people who say the n-word and we know they say the n-word who are not black who are posting the black square on their stories and on their instagrams like what are you doing this for we know who you are (laughs) and we know what you actually say behind the scenes it's what comes after the black square that matters because there's a whole lot of people that post the black square that i know for a fact were racist i even called some out so like sprinkling blm in your in your bio isn't the real work like posting the black square wasn't the it's what comes after exactly yeah, and you know, people would, I didn't do it, because I just didn't really, I was like, what, come on, why, you know, we're, why, this is gonna do something, but, you know, people posting it for a time, and then after, they delete it, 
or you, they never post it again or they never put Black Lives Matter in anything or or someone could put Black Lives Matter during the whole George Ford movement and then two months later you could see that it's like it's gone so yeah. it's like come on don't do it if you don't stick with it if you don't care if you don't yeah I posted it but it's only because I felt pressured to and just getting into social media and I was thinking oh my gosh I won't think this black square oh my gosh right but then I took it down because I'm like this thing is not helping and then I started writing articles and stuff so then at least I'm trying to do my part in my own way and then we're doing our part by having this conversation and trying to keep the conversation going Oh, there was something um, I wanted to mention that, like, I thought was really pressing for, like, social media, yes. is nope. that for any non-Black people, can they stop sending Black people all the racist stuff they see online and be like, what do you think? No, stop. can you really make stop. this known? Like, what do you mean, what do you think? <laughs> because it's so annoying, and it, it why? Like, I remember I got that, and... It got into a whole discussion. I mean, I kind of understand why, but still, like, why? <laughs> like, you send me that for me to do what? <laughs> like, what do you want me to say? Like, all my white friends, they do that all the time where they'll send me stuff they see on TikTok. This is why I don't use TikTok, because all the stuff I see on there is bad. But then they'll send me stuff they see on TikTok and be like, oh, what do you, what do you, like, as if I'm, like, the attack dog and I'm, I'm the face of, like, all the anti-racism. What are you going to do about it? Because you saw it first. Why didn't you call it out first instead of sending it to me? Because what that's what a real ally does. They use social media. They see the stuff before sending it to a black person and going and disturbing their peace. Go and block it, report it, comment. Like, why are you sending it to the black people disturbing our peace? It's almost a get a reaction out of us. Right? Uh, yeah. told me a TikTok as well. And it was some black guy... And he was being like, he said some, it was some racist joke that he said about himself or something. You know how that people do that, right? They go against themselves to like, you know, be funny, but it's not funny. So then the guy, you know, he's showing me the video and then he gets the joke before me. And I'm there like, what, what does this even mean? And then he's like, he's looking at me like, oh, you know, does that upset you? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. But he was looking at me like like I should have gotten it. I did not get the joke until like a 30 seconds later and then he got it right away. Like I, I don't get I don't get the point of, of doing that. And that's like, you know, with TikTok, um, I watched this YouTuber, her name's I am a no or something like that. But Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yes. it's it's a trend. Bashing black girls is now a trend because black girls react to everything. Even if it doesn't concern them, like it became a trend for guys to start saying, oh, preference kind of. And they would say, oh, they'd either be like, oh, I don't like black girls. And mm -hmm. they just diss black girls. And obviously on TikTok, it doesn't matter what type of view, how many views you have, whatever. It's just if you get views, whether it's for hate or, you know, something positive, you will blow up either way. Yeah. So, that's why it's like we're being used in a way because. And that's why I say, like, we're so gullible. Like, why are we reacting to these things? Why do we have to express ourselves towards explain and try to stand up, try to get people to like us, you know? It's whatever. I don't care if a white guy doesn't like me. Am I going to go and cry? It's not my problem. But, and I just don't <laughs> like that. I don't like how guys on TikTok, especially white guys, are out here coming out and, you know, either coming for black girls, bashing black girls, 
in order to get fame. Like, or it's opposite. Sometimes all of a sudden they love black girls, and all of a sudden in the comments they're like, "Oh my gosh, finally they like us, or finally, oh no, he just wants the views." Exactly. Exactly. I don't care. That's why exactly. social media is like, come on, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't care about you. They don't like black girls. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know? And you see their entourage, they don't like black girls. <laughs> you know, it's, and black girls are so gullible. They want that. You know, I remember the whole phase with the BTS blowing up where everyone was obsessed with Asians. Uh-huh. And, you know, <laughs> I speak because my sister too, like, she's obsessed with them and she wanted Asians to like her so bad so she'd go on YouTube to look up videos of Asian guys complimenting black girls just to feel some type of way <laughs> and I'm like stop <laughs> you know we gotta love ourselves first we can't go and look for love elsewhere you know we can't go and look for love to black men or to Asian men we gotta love ourselves and we gotta unite and just stand for each other before we go look at look at it for other men you know these influencers and these companies they profit off of black outrage it doesn't matter what kind of publicity they get whether it's good or bad all publicity is good publicity so if they do something to take us off they know we're gonna pop off on social media that's free publicity we just gave them Mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't matter if it's like when makeup companies come out with a shade range that like that passes like the paper bag test or when like people come out with old tweets it always happens and then we pop off and then they get the press people cancel them for two days and then they have a thriving career so we have to stop start doing because when this stuff happens we can't give them the attention that they're looking for Yeah, exactly. And there's so many influencers like that. So many. So many. Yeah. Where before they would launch a certain product, they'd go on a whole racist, racist rant or something. They'd post a little something that could, you know, pick oh, a certain oh, genre of people. Yeah. Like I remember Nikita Dragon, she did that when she was about to post her Krusty Morphe. But all she, of a sudden she has cornrows, she has durags, yeah. all the stuff. Yeah, and she's oh. like, oh, what race, what should I be today? I was like, are you mad? Yes. What? She did that. And obviously, it's not a costume. Yeah. And knowing the way our society is today, we know black people are going to pop up. We know Asians are going to pop up. We know Latinos are going to pop up. And that's what she's looking for. She's looking for that publicity. Mm-hmm. That's why she makes money. They're using us, and it's embarrassing. They are. No, they really are. We got to stop. We got to stop giving these people the attention they're looking for because they don't deserve it. Not at all. That's the thing about beauty, too, though, because then you have, um, oh, my gosh, I don't want to get back to, but, okay, beauty standards, like, black women, we have our braids in, or we have, we dress a certain way, oh, my gosh, that's so ghetto, and then after, when, like, a white person, Kylie Jenner, whoever, does the same thing, just cornrows, or has, or has braids in, or whatever, has, I don't know, like, the lips or something, like, augmented lips oh my gosh so exotic so beautiful that might be white so that's the thing about beauty standards as well it's like if you're black and you're doing it it's ugly but if you're someone else and you're stealing it you're amazing I mean, I know now we're not bashing anyone for having surgery, but like give credit to the makers. We naturally have these lips. 
but it's deemed as crusty, ugly, monkey, donkey. But for everyone else, it's nice. It's exotic. It's plump. It's beautiful. It's luscious. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I have one more thing to say. Grace. One more. Grace. You can cut me off, but I have one more thing to say. And this is concerning the Black community as a whole. We have beauty standards within our own genre. Like, it's not normal to see a skinny black girl it's not you know black girls gotta be (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) or you know and that's what i mean like we're never gonna be taken seriously if we downgrade ourselves and we downgrade people in our own communities we gotta accept that black girls black people are different we can all look different it can't be like gabby we were were talking about it yesterday the perfect black person trying to be there's no such thing as that no there's no such thing skinny black girl thick black girl same thing doesn't matter she's not ugly she's not pretty they're both beautiful so I want to know what you think our next steps may be, you know, to fight racism and Tusa. For me, the the part that I want to touch on for what we can do, um, civilly, in terms of actually changing laws and stuff, Mm -hmm. if you're of age, obviously, vote. That doesn't just mean federally. That means municipally. That means provincially. You have to actually keep up to date because... These people stay in power because they realize young people don't know when elections are, and when they do know, they don't care. Want right, and then what? Right. Na- what that happens is the only people that are voting are the elderly. It's people that are older. They're the only voices that get heard. If you want our voice heard, we need to participate too. If you're underage, although you can't vote, you can still participate. First of all, if you are 16 or 17 and you have valid ID, you can register to vote. So that when you turn 18, you don't have to register then. I did it today. It took me 10 minutes. Wow. Anyone can do it. If you have a driver's license, you have a report card, you have anything like that, a health card, I think. Anything that has your your full name and your address, you can register to vote at 16 or 17 years old in Ontario. I don't know about other provinces. Um, You can send emails, letters, and stuff because these representatives, these MPs, they don't know what you want unless you tell them. If you don't tell them, they're just going to assume. And then you're not going to get your voice heard on a provincial, municipal level. You need to be sending these things, signing those petitions and whatnot. Another thing, last thing. Um, when uh, In the government, when people make laws, typically they have a specialized committee. So between the whole pro- procedure, there's a group of people that discuss the issue in detail before they write the law. Anyone is allowed to participate in this process, even if you're under age. You are allowed to voice your concerns to that to that committee so that when they're writing the law, they take your opinion into consideration. So message your MPs, your MPPs, your gov not your governors, that's American, your uh your mayors, all these things. That's like the whole civic part that I wanted to touch on just so everybody knows. And then I'm gonna shut up now. Wow, that was so good. I didn't know that. No, Bobaliana, I really did not know that. Like, I'm searching it up right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they, the reason why things don't happen is because they don't publicize these things, so people don't know. Yes. The only reason I knew about the whole registering early thing is because I did some uh, model parliament thing in February, and they told us that, and they, did, they barely even mentioned it. And I was like, really? Why don't more people our age know about these things? Shoot. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. So, thank you.
now other people know too. Anyone else? David, you haven't um, spoken in a while. So what do you think our next steps are? It's a big question, but. We need to obviously, yeah, continue looking deeply into um, our problems, especially us in the black community. Um, not looking too personally, but like more looking as a general, like have more of a more like general, like view of things, like look at multiple sides of the spectrum, look at multiple sides of the story, looking at multiple sides of, of, and of just everything, you know, trying to figure out, okay, how can we, okay, like find the problem. How can we solve it? What do I do to solve it? This, that, and this, that, and continue spreading the word to other people to get people educated. Yeah, encourage people to do um the stuff to help the black community and stuff like that. I think that's what we should do. I'll can I'll continue doing my part. I hope you guys continue doing yours. Yes, thank you, thank you. I like everyone said everything. Basically, mm-hmm. um, just playing our part. We can't force anything upon people. Um, um, we're just literally proving their statement if we're trying to force you know this understanding to other races. You know, but just, yeah, educating people, like, in school or in organizations, platforms. And, yeah, people are already doing it, but, yeah, we got to keep it going. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. Basically. Yeah, and just coming together as a community, because we could really do big things. Yeah. The black community were united. Oh. There wasn't any issue, you know. We could we could accomplish great things, Kaylinda. I guess. Um. So one thing I wanted to mention is I hate when people pretend to be allies, and they post things on their stories, and they're like, "Oh, Black Lives Matter." Da da da. Like, don't pretend to be an ally. Just don't say anything at all. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> just don't say anything at all. Please. Don't post on your stories. It's okay. We won't get offended. But yeah, everything else was mentioned. Pretty much continuing to do to do our part and to um, stand together as a community. That's really important to be together as a community. Um, my take on this for next steps. Pretty much what you guys said. Um, keeping the conversation going. Do not forget and don't. You have to. You can. We can move on together, but do not forget about what has happened. Um, victims have died for us to realize how dangerously comfortable we've gotten. You know, don't let their deaths be in complete vain. You know, take this and learn from it. So we need to ensure our personal success as well as. Uh, supporting our people um, and becoming stronger as a community is, I find, is the number one thing we need to do. We need to grab more seats in power, spread ourselves in all working fields, promote diversity in that sense so that we have representation in all of all fields. What I'm thinking also is why people cannot do anything to us when we're on the same industrial and, like, working pedestal and, like, money and all of that. So in the... Like on our moral and humane pedestal, we are all equal, right? But we need to speak money more, right? Because that's all they talk, that's all they speak. So we need more of the money. We need to, when we get money, we need to keep that money and use it for our community. Um, and if they don't want to play our game, we're just going to beat them at their own game, is pretty much what I'm saying. So, yes. Money, it's like really important to recognize that. 
for most white Canadians, they have generations ahead of us of a head start. For all of us that came here, children of immigrants, all of us that our family started in Canada, this generation, the generation before, we're 50, 60, 70 years behind. So it's really important, that whole financial aspect. That concludes this segment. I'm sorry for making it so long, um, but it was really fun, really enjoyable. As you can see, we still have a lot of things to do. We had a great discussion today. I would thank Leanna and Dave for joining us, um, bringing their insight and their reflections with us, which was incredible. So, yeah, thank you. Once again, my name is Grace. I'm Gabby. And I'm Kaylinda. And we are the Teen Ages. And we aspire to inspire our community and promote non-conformity to society standards of teenage girls like ourselves. Thank you so much for listening.